Last week I started a series titled Praise Him, taken from Psalm 150, and that's what we've done this evening, and it's what we'll continue to do, amen? Uh, This is what Psalm 150 says before I'll read, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer. David writes in Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with the timbrel and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with the resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then he closes it out one more time with praise the Lord. So one more time, can we just praise the Lord? Amen. Amen. Before we go any further, let's just go to the Lord in prayer. Just ask him. I know he's here already, church. But we'll just ask that he anoint me and anoint you. And that he just give us the revelation that we need. Amen. So, Father God, we thank you once again. Father God, that you are in this house. I thank you, God, that we have a God that's worthy to be praised. And I just pray, Father God, that what we've done so far would have been a sweet sound in your ear and a sweet aroma, God, in your nostrils. I pray that we've been pleasing to you this evening with our praise and Tonight, I pray, God, that you would just open our ears to now hear from you. And, God, that we would receive revelation and truth, God, instruction from your word. I pray for your anointing to rest upon me and rest upon your people, that you would just be in charge. God, I just thank you for your goodness and your graces and your mercies. And we're careful to give you all the praise and all of God's people said, amen, amen. Just thank you, Jesus, one more time. Thirteen times, as we learned last week, and we learn again this morning, thirteen times in six verses in Psalm 150, the reader is prompted to praise. The reader is prompted to halal, like we learned last week, which in the Hebrew simply means praise. And If you remember, halal means to clamorously celebrate the greatness of our God. I believe in the first few moments that we were together this evening, I believe that's what we did. I believe we just celebrated the greatness of God in our our time of praise and in our time of worship. What halal meant was to boast on him and to rave about him and to celebrate him vigorously, church. And I'm, I'm wondering besides this evening, did anyone do some spiritual celebrating this week? I mean, amen, we started that last week and we were encouraged to do that all throughout the week because you don't have to be in the house of God to halal. You don't have to be in the sanctuary of God to praise him. You can do it in your car. You can do it in your bedroom. You can do it anywhere you you choose to do it. So I'm hoping that, that some of us were marked by praise this week. 
Because if you remember, that's what halal meant. It meant to be marked by praise. And again, how many of you know as sons and daughters of God, that's what we should be marked with, amen? We shouldn't be marked with grumbling and complaining and whining and fretting and fussing. We should be marked by praise. And that's what we learned last week. And I'm hoping this week that some of us in the middle of our circumstances and situations put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That we put on the garment of praise in the midst of our trials and in the midst of our tribulations or in the midst of the, the sorrows or struggles that we might find ourselves in because we learned last week that when we put on praise, God shows up. And we'll look at that again this evening. And that's what we're going to look at because praise has the power to change our lives. Praise has the power to change our circumstances and situations. And look, when we praise, it doesn't mean that automatically the situations and circumstances around us will change or the struggles or the, the troubles around us will change. But what it does mean is every time you enter into praise, the trouble and the struggle that's going on in your spirit, it will change, church. And when that changes, then the power of what's going on around you has no power. And then the power that's in you through praise has the ability to move outward into the circumstances and situations that you might be encountering but the praise that, 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 that uh, David is talking about here, it has the power to defeat our foe. And I know I'm not the only one that has circumstances and situations in my life or foes in my life that I need defeated. But what the Bible is teaching us and David is teaching us is that we can defeat that foe through praise. And like we learned last week, Psalm 150 teaches us five things concerning praise. I might get to one more tonight, but we'll see. I've got a lot to teach. I pray that I can get through it quickly. But number one, it teaches us when to praise. Number two, it teaches us who to praise. Three, where to praise. Four, why to praise. And five, how to praise. And last week we learned when to praise, which is all the time. Amen? When David said praise the Lord, he didn't give us a time frame in verse 1. He just told you whatever time it was, praise the Lord. And so what we learned last week is when to praise, which is praise him in the morning, praise him in the noontime, and praise him when the sun goes down. Praise him when it's sunny and praise him when it's raining. Just praise him, praise him, praise him. That's what we learned. And the second thing that we learn in Psalm 150, which we'll look at this evening, is who to praise. Psalm 150 teaches us, and this is where we learn who to halal, church. It, it teaches us who to lift our voices up to. It teaches us who to brag on and who to boast on and who to celebrate clamorously. It teaches us who to rave about it. It teaches us whose praises should continually be on our lips. And when you look at it, David made it very clear who that is when he said, praise the Lord. He said, praise the Lord. And it's with a capital L-O-R-D. And whenever you see the word Lord capitalized, L-O-R-D, it means praise the name of the Lord. L-O-R-D means the name of God. It refers to the attributes of God and, and the nature of God and the, the character of God. So what David is telling us to do and teaching us to do here is to praise the name of God. And whatever names you know of God, Yahweh is the, the original 
foundational name of God. It's Yahweh. Yahweh is the I am that I am, the one that told Moses to tell the the children of Israel uh, or the people that were in bondage when he said, who am I, who should I tell them sent me? He said, I am that I am. That's Yahweh. It's It's the originating God, and that's who we're supposed to praise. When you look at the the word Lord with capital L-O-R-D and what David was trying to teach us is that we are to praise the attributes of God because God is his attributes. God is his nature. God is his character, and that's who we're supposed to praise. He was saying, praise Yahweh. Praise the I am that I am. Praise the the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Praise the one who delivered you from the hand of of Pharaoh and, and brought my people out of the land of Egypt. That's who he was saying to praise. That's who David was referring to when he told the people to praise the Lord. He was telling them to praise the one and only one who separated the sea. How many of you know there's only one that separated the sea? There's only one that caused manna to fall down from heaven. There's only one that brought quail in from the four corners, from from the east and the west and the north and the south, in order to provide for his people. This is who David was referring to when he said, praise the Lord. He was saying, praise the one who brought the people across on dry land. And and every time you see in scripture, when it says, praise the one, it means there's only one. There was only one that separated the sea, only one that caused them to cross over on dry land, only one that had the power to cause the horse and the rider to fall into the sea. And David was saying, praise him, praise him, praise the Holy One of Israel, praise the creator and the owner of everything in heaven and earth, including you and me, church. Praise the Lord, David said. He didn't say praise man. He didn't say praise creation. He didn't say praise your favorite athlete. He didn't say praise your favorite pop star or rock star or movie star. He didn't even say praise the pastor or praise the pope. David made it very clear who we are to halal, and it is the Lord Yahweh, the creator of heaven and earth. David said praise the Lord. And when we do, guess who shows up? The Lord does, church, because he, Yahweh, because he, the I am that I am, because he, the one who separated the sea, because he, the one who brought the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt and out of bondage and delivered them from Pharaoh, because he, the Bible says, inhabits the praises of his people. He's the one that we should praise, church. He inhabits the boasting of his people. He inhabits the the ravings of his people and and the vigorous celebration of his people, church. He doesn't inhabit our grumblings, like I said. He doesn't inhabit our our complainings. Look, if we think God's going to come down from heaven and pour out his power on our grumbling and our complaining, we got some false teaching going on in our life. He will not inhabit... Uh, are, are grumblings. They're futile. Look, uh, my wife tells me I complain too much, and, and I probably do. I mean, some of you probably do as well. And one of the things I want her to remind me is, Jeff, God ain't going to have it that. 
God's not going to come down and inhabit your grumbling and inhabit your, 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 your complaining. He's going to come down and inhabit your praises. Listen, that's why we should turn on praise and worship music when we're driving down the car. Because it just generates an atmosphere of praise. He inhabits the praises of our people. Listen, he doesn't enthrone himself with power on our fussing. That's what that passage, Psalm 22, it says that he inhabits the praises of his people. And you can look at that in the Hebrew. And it also means he enthrones himself with power upon the praises of his people. And we're going to look at that again. On their praises, not on their fussing. I could fuss about a situation all day long. And God is not going to enthrone himself with power on my fussing. And he's not going to enthrone himself with power on your fretting either. Or our anxieties or, or any of the, the, the verbal stresses or communications that come out of our mouth. Listen, if we're in tough situations and we need the power of God to move, we need to praise him. Because he enthrones himself on the praises of his people. And I bring that up again from last week. Because for us to praise him properly, church, for us to boast on him like we should... For us to brag on him like we should and celebrate him like we should, we need to know three things, and I'll try to get through them real quick. According to Psalm 100, for us to praise him properly, we need to know these three things. Well, let me read this first. It says, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful praises. Know that the Lord, L-O-R-D capital, Yahweh, the I am that I am. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And here David makes it very clear that for us to shout joyfully to the Lord. And I'll teach you and show it and try to get through it quick. But for us to shout joyfully to the Lord. Listen, if, you're want, if you want your life to be filled with shouts of joy... And the ability to shout for joy in the middle of circumstances and situations is what I'm getting at. If you want to serve him with gladness. You know, listen, we should be serving the king of kings with gladness. We should be serving the, the holy one of Israel with gladness. We shouldn't grumble or complain or fuss about having to serve the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that gave us life and the one that gave us breath. But what Psalm 100 teaches us is that for us to praise him properly, halal him properly, to shout joyfully to the Lord, to serve the Lord with gladness, to come before him with joyful praises, we need to know these three things. We need to know who he is, which is God. And we just learned that. We need to know who we are. And we need to know whose we are as well. And when we do, we can't help but praise him. Listen, when you understand who God is, when you understand the nature of God and the character of God and the attributes of God, when you understand the names of God and what they mean, when you understand that he is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, when you are intimately acquainted and know that God, when you know him by his nature, you can't help but praise him. And it doesn't matter what situation or circumstance is going on in your life, church. You, when you know him like that, you can't help but praise him. And also when you know who you are, you can't help but praise him. Listen, I'm not a pauper. I'm a son, and I'm a son of God. Ladies, you're not a pauper. 
You're the daughters of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And when you know who you are, you can't help but praise him. And when you know whose you are, church, you don't belong to this world. You don't belong to the enemy. You don't belong to the fowler or the foe. You don't belong to the demons of darkness. You don't belong to, the, to those that would seek to devour you. You belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You belong to the Creator God because He's the one that made you and not yourself. And when you know that, you can't help but praise the Lord. I had to calm myself while I was preparing this afternoon in my office because when you know who God is, you can't help but praise the Lord. When you know who you are, no matter what the devil tries to whisper in your ears, you can't help but praise the Lord. And when you know you belong to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, when you know that you belong to the great shepherd, that you are his sheep and the people of his pasture, you can't help but praise the Lord. Listen, we got to remind ourselves from time to time who we are because the devil every day will tell you you're nothing. Every day the devil will tell you you're a mistake and you're a failure and you're a good for nothing. Every day the devil will try to whisper lies into your ears. But when we begin to understand who we are and whose we are, we can't help but praise him. Amen, church? Who we are is the head and not the tail. Who we are is the above and not the beneath. Who we are is his wonderful workmanship, the Bible says. I'm not a mistake. I was made by God, and I, am, and I was made fearfully and wonderfully, the Bible tells me. That's who I am, and that's who you are. We're a new creation, the Bible tells us. We are the temple of God. We are the dwelling place of God. We are the habitation of God. And please listen to me. When we understand that, we can't help but praise the Lord. Listen, sometimes we just got to keep reminding ourselves of that so that we can develop and awaken that spirit of praise like I talked about last week. Listen, we are citizens of heaven. We are the recipients of God's great love. And when we understand that and know that, look at, look at verse 3 in Psalm 100. He says that these are the things we have to know before we can shout joyfully all the earth, before we can serve him with gladness, before we can come before him with joyful praises. We've got to know who he is. We've got to know who we are. And we've got to know whose we are. And then it won't be hard to serve the Lord. Then it won't be hard to walk in that door with a shout unto God. It won't be hard to come before him with joyful singing and song instead of our mouths shut and our hands in our pocket and our head held low. When we know these things, we can't help but praise him, church. And when we know that, like David said, we can practice it properly. When we know those things, we can praise him properly. And when he does, and when we do, he shows up, church. Listen, the reason that so many people struggle serving, the reason that so many people have a problem praising, 
And the reason so many people have a struggle, have a hard time, difficulty raising their hands and offering a shout unto the King of kings and the Lord of lords is not because they don't love him. It's because they just don't know him fully. It's because they have not received a full revelation of who they are and who they are in Christ, church. But the reality is when we learn those things, when we learn who we are, our lives are different. And the truth is who we are is more than conquerors and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That's who we are. I said it before, we're not paupers. We are sons and daughters of the King of glory, the Lord strong and mighty. It's who we are. And if we could just get that mindset every single day, no matter what difficulty, struggle, trial, tribulation that we're going through, it changes our trajectory in life. We have to understand that. Listen, one of the ways we exercise the authority, listen, who we are are the sons and daughters of God who have been given authority over every one of our enemies. Bible says we've been given authority over every unclean spirit, over all the demons of darkness. We've been given that authority. And the reality is, according to Scripture, one of the ways we exercise that authority is through praise. Because we learned in Psalm 22 that he is enthroned with power on the praises of his people. And so we can release that power into our situations in life through praise, the Bible says. That when I praise him, when I praise Yahweh, when I rave about him and and clamorously celebrate him in the midst of my situation, the power and the authority of his kingdom comes down upon that situation and circumstance in my life. He enthrones himself on my praises to him. And that's what we listen. If you're going through a tough time, you're going through a situation, and the odds are against you, and the demons of darkness seem to be hounding and, and surrounding you, offer up some praise. Offer up some halal, and the power of the kingdom will come down into your situation and circumstance, church. Listen, like I shared last week, Paul and Silas exercised the power of praise in a septic prison cell, and they were set free because of it. Listen. If Paul and Silas didn't know who God was, and if they didn't know who they were in Christ and what Christ did for them, church, the power of praise would have never filled that polluted place. If they did not know who God was, they didn't know the nature of God and the character of God and the attributes of God, if they did not know that they were sons of God, if they didn't know that they were part of a royal priesthood and a, and a peculiar people and a, and a holy nation, the, the power of praise would have never filled that place. That room would have been filled with grumbling and complaining and fretting and frustration. But because they knew who God was and because they knew who they were, they began to praise properly. And when they began to praise properly, and lift up the name of God, even in the midst of a prison cell, God came down enthroned with power and delivered them from their place of darkness. Amen. That's what God does, church, through praise. Listen, they didn't rejoice because they were in chains. They didn't rejoice because they were in this stinky place of darkness. They praised in spite of their chains. They praised in spite of their pain. They praised in spite of their suffering because they knew who God was. 
And because they knew who they were as well, church, because of that, they were able to praise. And the same holds true for us. When we understand who we are and whose we are, we're able to praise him properly, church. Even if we're in a fiery furnace. Even if we're in a lion's den. Even if we're in a dungeon cell, just like Paul and Silas were, church. Even, even, even if we are in the hospital bed. Even if our finances are, are crumbling. Even if there's a mess going on in our household. The reality is we can set, be set free through the power of praise. Halal. And when the devil tries to get you, saw, listen. You want to know why the devil wants to shut your mouth and not let you praise? Because he knows praise has power over him. He knows that. And I'm going to read you a story. Uh, look, Paul and Silas, their praise had power over their enemy. Power over their enemy. And this is what we have to understand, that, that our praise uh, releases the power over our enemy as well, no matter who he is. He is enthroned with power on the praises of his people, and that power sets us free. In Revelation 5.13, the apostle John said, Then I heard every creature... If you don't remember the Apostle John, this is on the island of Patmos. He was arrested. He was put on, on the island of Patmos. And God came down and the angel of the Lord came down and gave, a, gave him a book of revelations and, and revealed heaven and all sorts of other stuff to him. This is who John was. And this is who wrote it. And this is what he said. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne... Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. To him who sits on the throne of glory, that's what it means in the Hebrew. To, to him who sits on the throne of heaven and earth and all of the universe. To him who sits on the throne of authority over every other authority that there is. Be praise, he says. That's who we praise. That's who we halal. That's who we become clamorously foolish for. It's the one who sits on the throne. The one that has power over every circumstance I'm going through. The one that has power over every sickness I might encounter. The one who has, has power and authority over every demon of darkness and every, every individual that would try to come against me in life. To him who sits on the throne with power over all of my obstacles, to him be praise. That's who we praise, church. That's who we rave about. That's who we boast about. That's who we, who we celebrate. The one who sits on the throne, church. That's who we praise. And when we do, his power is loosed into our struggle. When we praise him who sits on the throne, the power and authority of that throne is loosed on this earth, church. It's loosed into the situations and circumstances of life and loosed against our enemy. In 2 Chronicles 20, 6 through 12, we read the story of the nation of Judah that had just received horrible news. A vast army of the enemy was gathering to destroy them. The odds were overwhelmingly against Judah. And King Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, had no idea how they could survive such a vicious attack that was coming. However, he did know that there was only one person he could turn to 
and that was God. He didn't know what to do concerning the odds. He didn't know what to do concerning the enemy that was marching against him, but he did know who to turn to, and it was God. I might not have a battle plan, he thought to himself. I might not know in my mind how we as human individuals and and this smaller army and nation can defeat them by ourselves, but I do know who I can turn to. It's the one who sits on the throne, he thought. So Jehoshaphat prayed and said this, Lord, again, capital L-O-R-D, he was calling on the name of God. He was calling on Yahweh. He was calling on the I am that I am. He said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in the heaven? Are you not the God who sits on the throne? Are you not the one who rules over the kingdoms of the nations? And I pause right there to let you know that Jehoshaphat knew who God was. He knew he was the one that sat on the throne. It's why he turned to him when he didn't know what to do. Listen to me. When you don't know what to do, there's one person to turn to. It's the one that sits on the throne. When you have no clue what to do when the odds are overwhelmingly against you, there's one place to look to, one place to turn to, and that's the king of glory who sits on the throne of power. That's what we do. And what do we do? We do two things. We pray to him and we praise to him. And when we do, our situation changes. But he says, are you not the one who sits on the throne? Are you not the one who rules over the kingdoms of the nations? Power and might are in your hands and no one can withstand you. Listen, if that's not a reason to praise the Lord, I don't know what is. He made a bold proclamation. He said, Power and might are in your hand, and no one can withstand you. Listen, that's what we do when we're facing an enemy. Power and might are in your hand. God, I don't have any power. I don't know what to do. I'm lost. I, I don't have enough wisdom. I don't have enough strength. I don't have enough power. But power and might are in your hand, God, and no one can withstand you. So I'm turning to you and I'm praising you and, and I'm exalting the one that sits on that throne because you, and, you, you come down and you dwell with power upon the praises of, uh, of your people. So I'm going to praise you because I need your power. Amen? That's what he's teaching us. He goes on and says, we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. And I pause again because how many of you know on our own we got no power? On our own, we can't face the situations and circumstances of life, but we try to do it all the time. We try on our own strength. We try on our own wisdom. It's why we get exhausted. It's why we get overcome and why we become overwrought. And most of the time, it's why we are overcome because we try to do it all on our own. But Jehoshaphat said, we have no power to face this vast army on our own. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. Look. He confessed, I've got no power, but I know where my power comes from. My power comes from you. And listen, if we need his power, we got to praise him because he is enthroned with power on the praises of his people. I hope you're getting this, church. When we don't know what to do, there's one place to look, one place to turn to. But the story goes on to tell us that God quickly answered and told the people, That the battle was not theirs but God's. And then God gives them a battle plan. And I pause again because how many of you know that God's plan is always better than our plan? 
Man, you can plan all day long. The Bible says the, the plans of man are many, but God's the only one that causes them to succeed. You can have a thousand plans, but if you don't include God, those plans are worthless. I could have a thousand plans concerning my marriage, concerning my money, concerning my household, concerning my kids, concerning my ministry, concerning my life, concerning... I could have a thousand plans, but if they don't include God, they're useless. Many are the plans of men, but God is the one that causes them to succeed, church. The reality is God's plan is always better than ours, and Jehoshaphat understood that. It's why he turned to him. He wanted God's plan because he didn't know what to do, amen? But he knew that God knew the plan that he had for him. Plan to bless him, not harm him. Plan to give him hope, give him future. Listen, when you don't know the plan, God does. When you don't know the plan, God does. That's why you praise him. That's why you thank him. That's why you call on him because he knows the plan. And this is the plan that, that God gives Jehoshaphat. The odds are against him. The, the army is vicious and, and, and outnumbered them. And, and what God tells Jehoshaphat, here's your battle plan. He draws it up and he says, instead of your warriors leading the way into battle... Instead of your war horses leading the way into battle, God instructed the king to place the choir up front and march into battle, to march into enemy territory singing praises to their God. He told them, I, I don't want your mighty men of valor to, to get up on the front. I don't want you raising up sword. I don't want you raising up shield. I want you to put the choir and the singers up front, and I want them to march into battle halaling the king. King of kings and Lord of lords. I want them to praise. I want them to halal, church. I want the choir to take the front line clamorously celebrating the greatness of God. And understand, no swords, no shields to lead the way. No mighty warriors to take the front line. No charging chariots, which would normally happen on the battlefield. You put the best of the best right up front. And you know what God said is the best of the best? Praise. I want the worshipers up front, and I want them to march the way. I want them to go into the enemy territory, the Bible says. No arrows, no fiery arrows, no tar and pitch rockets were to fly through the air on that day. Only praises to God. And as the story goes, the army of Judah never lifted a bow because God defeated their enemies because he inhabits and is enthroned with power on the praises of his people. I won't go through the, the whole story, but that's what happened. They sent the, the, the worshipers up front, and the Bible says that the enemy became confused, and, the, and they scattered, and they ran. And I'm going to teach you why as quickly as I can. Praise has the power to defeat our foe. Again, understand, grumbling didn't fly through the air that day. Complaining didn't fly through the air that day. Whining didn't fly through the air that day. Lamentations didn't flow through the air that day. Woe is me didn't fly through the air that day. Halal flowed through the air that day. Praise flowed through the air that day. The, the, the children of Israel, the, the people of Judah, didn't have to lift a, a single weapon. Because praise made a way to their, to their victory, church. 
The only thing that flew through the air that day was halal. It was the boasting of the Lord's greatness. I want you to picture this because i got to wrap it up. i got some more to do. I guess I'll have to save it. But picture this. They're on the battlefield. Let's just say it was 100,000 against 10,000. I mean, it was overwhelming odds, the Bible teaches us. But picture the, 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 the worshipers and, and those praising, marching forward into enemy territory, just vigorously boasting and bragging on the Lord. They marched into the enemy territory, just bragging on God out loud. They marched into the enemy territory, vigorously celebrating the greatness of their God. They were praising him out loud for his previous greatness. They were praising him out loud for his previous works and his previous wonders. And the the ears of the enemy were attuned to their praise. Church, how many of you know the enemy is attuned to your praise? When you praise him, he scatters. But picture this, the, the, the front line just shouting out praises to the enemy. I praise you for your marvelous wonders. I, I praise you, God, for your marvelous works. I praise you for what you've done in my life. I praise you for your goodness and, and your grace and your mercy. I praise you for, for what you've done. That's what was moving forward, church. The vigorous praise of the, of the, of the people. Praise filled the air instead of arrows. As I begin to wind this down, halal wasn't the only form of praise flying that day. There were three forms of praise that were going forth into the battlefield. And it teaches us the forms of praise that we need to carry into our battle as well. Because every one of us have a battle. And praise has the power to win the fight. Yada. Y-A-D-A-H, it's probably on my notes, that was going forth as well. And Yada is the type of praise that puts up its hands in surrender to the Lord. Not surrender to the enemy, but surrender to the Lord. Listen, if you want to overcome the enemy, you have to surrender to God. When we are overcome by the enemy, it's when we don't surrender to the Lord. Listen, if you want to overcome the enemy, we have to surrender to God. But when we fail to surrender with God, boy, the enemy just comes in and he wipes us out, church. But, but halal, I mean, yada is faith praise. Yada is trust praise. It's the praise of confidence in our king. It's offering up total surrender to him so we can have victory over the enemy. So many of us are overtaken by circumstance and situation, by, by the vices of life and by the emotions of life, church, because we have failed to surrender our circumstances and situations to God. The, the King Jehoshaphat, the King of Judah, he surrendered to God. He said, I can't do this on my own, so I surrender it to you. I surrender to your plan. I surrender to your will. I surrender to your power and I surrender to your strength. And so often we fail to do that and it's why we're overcome. If you're going through a battle this evening, surrender it to God. Surrender it to God. Put up your hands and say, God, I give up on myself, but I trust in you. I give up on my own strength and my own wisdom. And that's what he wants us to do so that he can be enthroned with power on our yadah. Listen, pride gets in the way of praise. You can't yada with a spirit of pride over you. But when you throw up your hands in the middle of the battle and say, God, I can't do it on my own. I need you. That's yada. 
And he becomes in, and we become enthroned with power through the praises of God. And final form of praise, church, that went forth from the front line was Tuda. And it's the praise of thanksgiving for what God is about to do. And it's the praise we need to learn the most. It's the praise we need to practice the most. It's, it's, it's the praise of thanksgiving for what God is about to do. So please understand, when, when the people of Judah and the, and the front line of worshipers went forth into the enemy territory, they were praising God for what he was about to do. They were praising God for the power that was about to come down. They were praising God for the, the victory that was about to be theirs. Again, picture it. Odds overwhelmingly against them. The worshipers and the praisers right up front marching into battle. And they're praising God. God, I praise you for the victory that's on its way. I praise you that the enemy's about to fall. I praise you that I am going to be a conqueror. I praise you. I praise you. And they began to praise the Lord. They began to ta-da. We praise you for defeating our foe. We praise you for the miracle that's about to take place. We praise you for the power that's about to be poured out and loosed upon our enemy. We praise you that we will be more than conquerors today. We praise you that we will overcome our enemy. Tada is the praise of thanksgiving for what God is about to do. And the Bible says when they practiced those three forms of praise that the enemy got confused and scattered. And I can't help but think, and I read a little bit in the study, and I'm trying to wrap this up, that imagine the, 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 the vast array of the enemy that was there. And you know what battle plans are. Sometimes you're going to... You know, the battle plan, one, en one enemy or the other, they might wrap around the backside, they might come over on this side, they, they might do some kind of special maneuverings and have special tactics. But what happened was when, when the, the children of Judah began to praise, and the enemy began to hear these words coming from the mouths of the children of Judah, thank you that our enemy has been, has been defeated. Thank you that our enemy has been overcome. Thank you that our enemy has fallen. Thank you that our enemy has been defeated. Thank you that victory is ours. They went into a panic because they thought it already happened. They thought that the children of Judah wrapped around the backside or came up on the left side or came up on the other side and they thought to themselves, we're being overcome. And the Bible says they ran and they fleed because that's the power of praise. That's the power of Tada. And all I'm telling you this evening, church, if, if we could learn that, if we could learn to praise forward, if we could learn to praise in spite of, if we can learn to praise God for what's yet to been done, our life will change. God, I praise you in advance for the healing. God, I praise you in advance for the favor. God, I praise you in advance for the job. God, I praise you in advance for the recovery. I praise you in advance for the financial blessing. That's what I'm talking about. That's ta-da. God, I praise you in advance for the victory that's mine. I praise you in advance for the, the, the overcoming that's mine. I 
praise you for in advance for the, the son or the daughter that will be saved. I praise you in advance, church. And listen, we don't do enough of it. We find ourselves in the middle of those circumstances and situations and instead of praise flying through the air, it's fret, it's frustration, it's fear, it's anxiousness, it's grumbling and complaining. But if we could truly learn halal, if we could truly learn yada, if we could truly learn tuda, then the then the, the glory of God and the power of God will come down and it throne itself upon our circumstance and situation. How many of you need God to be enthroned with power over something in your life? Stand to your feet because we're going to pray. You got a praise song? We sang a few. Before I pray, here's what we're going to do. We're not going to take all night. We're just going to sing a song of praise. And I want you to identify the circumstance and situation. You can do it out loud. You, you can speak it in your spirit. But I want, to, I, I want you to do some to-dawing tonight. Praise Him in advance. Surrender. Get joyful. Celebrate Him while we sing this song. And then I'll close in prayer. Amen. Go ahead and Your praise God. will ever be on my lips. Ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips, ever be on my lips, your praise will ever be on my lips. You will be and saints we sing worthy are you Lord you will be praised you will be praised with angels and saints we sing worthy are you Lord you will be praised praise him church you will be pray let me just say this when you leave here if you remember anything remember who he is 
Remember who you are and remember whose you are. And when we remember those things, praise will ever be on our lips. So, Father God, we thank you for your word this evening. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for truth. We thank you for encouragement. God, we thank you that there is power in the praises of your people. And God, I pray this evening, God, that whatever circumstances or situations that we might find ourselves in, odds that are are overwhelmingly stacked against us like they were against Judah, I pray in the name of Jesus that praise would be at the forefront of our battle. God, I pray that halal would make its way through the air. God, I pray that Yadah would make its way through the air, that that song of surrender, God, would come forth from our lips and that we would trust you like never before. God, the odds might be against us and and the day might seem dark and, and, and the situation might be sorrowful, but God, I pray that we would surrender to you, God, that we would offer up a song of faith, Lord God. And even more than that, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we would learn to tada, that we would praise you in advance, God, that we would praise you beyond our circumstance and situation, just like Judah did, God. They praised beyond the odds, and they, they praised beyond the circumstance, like, like Paul and Silas pray, or praised beyond the prison cell and beyond the pain. God, I pray that we would do the same thing, that we would praise you in advance for the victory, praise you in advance for the turnaround, praise you in advance for the financial blessing, for the healing, for the, for the hope that we need, God, for the, the change in our marriage, for the, the deliverance from one of our children, oh God. We praise you in advance, God, for our victory give you the praise for this word and the praise for your spirit and the praise for your anointing, God. And I look forward, God, to to hearing some testimonies, God, of how you enthroned yourself on the praises of your people. God, you know the needs and the circumstances and situations of your people tonight, God, and I pray that you would just pour yourself into them, meet them, overcome the enemy, defeat the foe for them, God. And everything we go through, it's my prayer that praise would continually be on our lips. So we're careful tonight to give you all the praise, all the glory, and all of the honor. And all of God's people said, amen. Can we just bless him and praise him one more time? Amen. Take this word. Praise him all week long and watch what he does. See you on Sunday. In Jesus' name, God bless you as you go.